home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. We need a little sunshine in Idaho today. A little sunshine, huh? We have it. <laughs> hey, y'all, welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Life Feast Network. Pastor Toby, Jack Knox, I'm the water boy. And we got the good Dr. Glenn Sunshine in northern Idaho up in the chimney on a day where it's pretty cold and snowy. It's actually, you know, so that's how February is tricky up here. Uh, we know he loves us. <laughs> exactly. The trip was scheduled before I saw the weather report. Oh. <laughs> so it might not might be love. Not, <laughs> might not have come if you had known. I should have special music for you, and I don't have any. I mean, with a name like Sunshine, it needs to be like make Clark Sisters. You brought You are sunshine. my sunshine, my Please don't. Sunshine. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's heard that He's one. He's heard probably. that one. Yeah. You know, I, I was in high school in the 70s during the era in which every group felt like they had to do a song referencing Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, I've heard them all. Yeah. 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 Clark Sister Sunshine? See, you haven't heard that I one. I don't think I've heard ah, that one. I'm going to find that one for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Gravity Jack is a full-service digital agency specializing in the development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, and Web3 projects. Founded in 2009, as the first American agency to offer augmented reality, they even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small business, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. So get your vision in motion at gravityjack.com today. That's great. Hey, uh, as Gabe mentioned, we are very grateful to have with us Dr. Glenn Sunshine, former professor of history at Central Connecticut State University, senior faculty member of the Colson Fellows, and he is the author of uh, his the book Why You Think the Way You Do. Yes. Also, Slaying Leviathan. Yes. Also, brand new book come, about to come out. I forgot the name of it. Christians Who Changed Their World, Who Changed the World, Christians Who Changed... Their world? Their world? It's their, their world. world. Their see, world. Christian change yeah. their world. Because I, I transferred this from what Jake gave me over into my Kindle, yeah. and it messed up some of the, 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 the format format when I transferred over. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's a series of how many biographies? 32. 32 yeah. biographies, mm-hmm. uh, most, of, most of whom I scanned the table of contents, most of whom I had not heard of. That's part of the point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought maybe so. I thought, you, you know, um, why? Well- the, the book originated uh, at a lecture I was giving for a program with Chuck Colson, and they had this habit of giving me titles and not telling me what to do with them. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> We do we that at Fight Lab Beast Conference. Yeah. <laughs> we do that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they gave me the title, Christians Who Changed Their World. And yeah. knowing Chuck, he wanted me to do Wilberforce and you know people like that. And I said, nah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Way too easy. Yeah. So what I, I deliberately decided to pick people who were obscure, uh, or if you knew about them, you didn't know that they were a Christian. Mm. People who weren't in the clergy, or if they were, were doing things we don't normally associate with the clergy, and just show how the Christian faith w- walks itself out in all kinds of different walks of life. So uh, we have, I've got everybody from mathematicians and scientists mm-hmm. to educators to artists, yeah. um, all kinds of different things right. from around the world. Um, literally every continent except Australia. I miss, miss them. Yeah. Well, because um, they're, or they're, they're tough. They're tough. <laughs> they're t- Why did you have such a long span of time? You go from the fifth century to modern era. Why? I mean, couldn't we have found some people in the same century? Well, the point is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's a post-mill book. That's all you had to say. It's post-mill. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Historically, that's how it works. Okay. The book is, so the, the title is actually 32 Christians Who Changed Their World. Right. All right. Why not the world? So not just Christians who changed the world, but 32, 32. Christians. That, that's um, the title. Th- why not the world? Yeah. I wanted their world because in some cases, the impact that they had was only really felt locally. Mm. So, um, you know, which is which is perfectly all right. There's nothing wrong with that. That yeah. was their calling. That was what they were doing. Yeah. They didn't necessarily make a make changes that affected the whole world. Right. So their world seemed more appropriate. Mm. For two thousand years, Christians have accomplished glorious things. Doctor Glenn Sunshine has compiled story after story of faithful men and women of the faith. These mothers and fathers of our faith laid the foundations for science. Some were political figures who promoted Christianity in hostile societies. Some stories include opposition to racial oppression, a few heroes who helped Jews even escape the Holocaust. Um, I, I mean, you did 32 of them. Uh, Actually, I did 60. Actually, over 60. Actually, but only 32 made it in the book? There's he, he did over 60. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Volume two. I, I well, hope hopefully I I sent the whole list to Canon Press and they picked the ones they wanted. Oh, oh I see how okay. it is. Okay. Yeah. So how how did they do? Uh, they picked a lot of good ones. There were some. <laughs> there were some that I would have liked uh, maybe to have seen in uh, that. Okay. Well, we've got thirty two. Um, right. I, I don't know how many more they could. I really mean, obviously, did, obviously, did all of them. So you 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 think mm-hmm. well of all of them. Right. You think they're all important, significant. Um, but, but like one child, you got one favorite than the other. I mean, well, oh, we don't. Yeah, there, 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 are, there are some of them that have had a bigger impact on me personally, and there are some of them that are just really, really colorful. So, yeah. so give give us an example of 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 one or two that just really stand out to you of the thirty two that made. It oh, let's start colorful. Thing. I want to do the colorful ones first. Well, sure. Or whatever. Yeah, are they in, in, in or outside? Knox's always talking about color. Okay. <laughs> it's Black History Month. <laughs> All right. So um, probably the, in some ways, the most outrageous in a lot of ways of them is a woman named Sorkaktani Becky. Okay. Um, she was from a, uh, a clan in the Mongols, um, among, you know, at, at the time of Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. The clan was Nestorian Christians. So what most people don't know is there were Turkic tribes and, and Mongol tribes that were Christian. Right. Mm. Uh, typically Nestorians because they were mm. the ones who did missions work in that area. Mm. And uh, Genghis Khan himself, when his family was was slaughtered, took refuge with this clan and actually grew up among Nestorian Christians. Mm. And, well, there, was, there were some battles involved in all of that, but in the long run – 
the daughter of the Khan from that clan, uh, well, married Genghis Khan's son, one of mm. his sons. Mm-hmm. And she ended up, um, their, their territory ended up being China. And <laughs> he died, and she took over ruling that part of the Mongol Empire. Um, there was opposition to this, and without going into details, it ended badly for the opposition. Mm. Um, since they were royalty, it was forbidden for them to have their bloodshed uh, when the coup happened. And um, so what they tended to do was to roll them up in rugs and trample them by horses um, to execute them. So like I said, there, 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 are, <laughs> wow. some, there are some sort of negative aspects of this, this story. <laughs> but but she, she was known in Mongolia. She's remembered as one of their greatest queens. And she's referred to as the mother of Khans because two of her sons become the great Khan over all of Mongolia, including Kubla Khan. Mm. One of them was the Il Khan of Persia, the under Khan of Persia. And in running her part of the empire, she was so well respected that nobody, Buddhists, um, Muslims, Christians, Mm. uh, Confucianists, nobody had anything negative to say about her. They all praised her as a, a good and, and generous ruler. Um, she even treated the Chinese peasants well, which was very rare for the Mongols. They're, mm-hmm. they're nomadic herdsmen. They don't like farmers. Yeah. She treated them well. And th- there was actually an embassy um, that went from Persia there who met her, an ambassador who met her, and he commented that if he could find one other woman on earth like her, he, he would have concluded that women, the race of women, as he put it, was superior to the race of men. <laughs> she was that impressive. Wow. Um, a thoroughly interesting figure, but, well, she was a Mongol queen, which means that there are some rather unsavory parts of, of her career. Um, <laughs> So it, it, I, I think she's she's one of the most unexpected in the book. So yeah. she was from 1190 to 1252. Was there any connection between like her? Um, I know this is kind of a far out question, probably not, but like Innocent III was around that time. Um, um, yeah, Innocent III was roughly in that period. Uh-huh. But I, you don't have any embassies that I remember going from Innocent to the Mongols okay. in this period. Yeah. Of course, the Mongols were... Um, sending their own version of, of embassies into Europe in this period. You've got Mongol armies fighting in Hungary and in Poland and so okay. on yeah. as the, the empire expanded. But wow. What made her rule so respected by others? The carpet, the rugs. The, the... <laughs> well, she, she, was, um, she was smart. She was a, a good, she was a good leader, a good administrator. And the, the part of their empire was run very, very well. Um, like I said, nobody in the territory really had anything, no group in the territory had anything bad to say about her. She was, she was very, she was a very effective ruler and a very compassionate one, it seems. So, but, and then why would you put her in this list of the 32? Well, are you trying to sneak in women leaders? I'm well, a little <laughs> cautious about you. Well, <laughs> well, I, I included her because well, I found out about her when I was doing uh, a research on worldview in Mongolia. Mm. 
And I was so intrigued by her. I thought she deserved, um, she deserved to be written up. Okay. And, and again, the idea that you have a Mongol queen who is a Christian, who is the mother of Kublai Khan and the, the daughter-in-law of Genghis Khan, it's not one of these things most people yeah. would expect. Mm. Right. Right. Mm. So, the, so, uh, so how she how how she changed her world would, would you you'd summarize as um, a combination of great rule, great leadership, great yeah. ruling, yeah. and contributing a number of very very important leaders of the Mongol Empire that she helped uh, raise and train. Yeah. Did the and, church expand under her and the Mongolian Empire? No, although the, uh, under Genghis Khan, at least, there was religious toleration. Um, he, Genghis himself was a, a shamanist, a worshiper of a god named Tengri. Yeah. Um, but he believed that Tengri was a universal god, but that he allowed different cultures their own ways of worshiping him. So he allowed Christians, he allowed Muslims, he allowed Buddhists, whatever. Mm -hmm. As long as you didn't cause him trouble, you were welcome. Mm. It, it, I mean, it sounds similar to kind of an Esther story uh, of sorts. I mean, uh, maybe, you know, es Esther doesn't have the exact same power that, um, mm -hmm. that this gal did, but nevertheless, I mean, taken into a pagan king's um, harem, if, you know, yeah, mar right. married, yeah. and then and then ends up having a, a, a very um, Huge impact significant for, for impact, her yeah. um, particularly for her, her people in the Persian Empire. Yeah. Well, remember, she was the daughter of the Khan of her tribe. Right. So she is... She is, in a sense, uh, nobility or royalty or something in her own right. Right. And there's no indication of, of this being a forced marriage or anything like that. Yeah. It, it, was, you know, it was definitely a political marriage, but there right. wasn't any kind of, um, right. of uh, you know, pulling them into a harem or something like that. Yeah. That wasn't really the, the right. idea in that, in that case, I, I was thinking of Esther. But, yeah. But, but, that, but, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, there, I, I think it's an interesting parallel. Yeah. So you put Leif Erikson, a, a pagan Viking, in here. Oh, Leaf was not a pagan. <laughs> okay, and, and the, 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 he was he was the other one of the colorful ones I wanted to talk okay, about. Okay, all right, um, okay. Because again, everybody knows Leif Erikson, the Viking who discovers North America, right? Yeah, yeah. What they don't tell you, well, a little bit of background. Leif Erikson, Eric the Red, was his father. Uh -huh. um, Eric was established a colony in Greenland. That's right. And he established that colony because when it was green. He, he was kicked out of Iceland for murdering somebody, and he was in Iceland because he was kicked out of Norway for murdering someone. Oops. Uh, he's, yeah, he, yeah. He, Got a little he, streak there, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see a pattern. <laughs> Eric is your, your prototype for the Viking. Yeah. Okay? I mean, he's, right. you know, he, 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 yeah, he does that. Well, his son Leif travels to Norway and meets the king of Norway, a guy named Olaf I, and Olaf had converted to Christianity. Huh. Now, Olaf was very zealous for his Christianity in a way only a Viking can be zealous. And I'm not, <laughs> I am, I am, I am not. He, he killed people for not converting, right? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's he the problem a, here? He, he, <laughs> actually, he actually blockaded Iceland until they agreed to accept Christianity. Yeah. I mean, uh, you sometimes know. a win's a win. <laughs> yeah. a, win a win is a win. win. <laughs> so so Leif Le, mm. arrives there and he, he goes to Olaf's court and he converts. He becomes Christian. Yeah. Um, not under threat of torture or death, but, you know, he, he does become a Christian. And um, after, you know, he learns enough about the faith, Olaf sends him back to Greenland to convert <laughs> his father. <Yeah>. And to, <laughs> Eric the Red. Eric yeah, the Red. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and to convert the colony. Yeah. Yeah. And it's while he's going back that he ends up going a bit off course and landing in North America. 
there were probably other Vikings who had been in, or Norse, who had been in North America earlier. There's some talk of shipwrecks and things like yeah. that. So he may have heard about it and gone looking for it. Or he may have simply missed Greenland. Yeah. Now, you got to understand, Viking ships have the, these large square sails. Yeah. And there's only a limited amount of tacking into the wind that you can do. Right. The square sail, yeah. But, but the prevailing winds in the North Atlantic come from the West. So how do you sail West? The answer is storms. Storms, yeah. Mm. Storms go cyclonic. Yeah. And as a result, if you've got a hurricane or a major storm traveling across the North Atlantic, you can ride the northern edge of the storm yeah. with, with the winds going in that direction to, take, get, to get you west. you west. And under those circumstances, missing Greenland is plausible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, well, and also you didn't have an Apple Watch or GPS. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And he establishes a colony in the New World. Yeah. Uh, another person that I have on the list, Gudrid the Far Traveler, uh, was a woman from Iceland who was at that colony, and she gave birth to the first known European child in North America uh -huh. uh, in that colony. And she married, like, uh, his uh, Leif's brother-in-law, or yeah, his brother. Yeah, she, yeah. well, actually. For she a had, short time. And then he died yeah, she had, she had several husbands. They tended yeah. to keep no. dying. Not her fault. <laughs> yeah. Not her fault. Sure. It's, a, it's a Judah thing. <laughs> not, not her fault. But, but um, uh, the, the Skralings, as, he call, as they were called, the, the Native American tribes. Uh, by the way, Skraling is uh, Norse for barbarian. Yeah. You got to wonder what makes a Viking call somebody a barbarian. Um, but in any event, they, they made it difficult enough that he withdrew from the colony and uh, went to Greenland, as he was originally commissioned to do, and in fact started the church in Greenland. Wow. His, his mother readily converted, and then she basically, Eric didn't want to have anything to do with this new religion. But she told him she wouldn't sleep with him again until he he unless he became a Christian. Man, them Vikings. And and, and after a win is a win. And and after a after a period, he did in fact. Yeah, convert. he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> there's conversion. By I believe. There's conversion, I believe. By, conversion by the sword. There's conversion by the marriage bed. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. So you you wanted some of the colorful ones. Yeah, yeah. Here you got. That's oh, funny. You got another That's one. Funny. You got another. Now, now wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Leaf, um, Greenland. Uh, it was uh, when I when I was reading through uh, Leaf. It seemed like Greenland was a, basically a Christian nation all the way through, like the, the last settlers that end up leaving. Yeah, and there pretty, was yeah. one of the last documented uh, things on Greenland was a Christian marriage, and then that was that right. was it. Yeah, that that's exactly that's crazy. true. Greenland remained Christian throughout its history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, under the Norse, and technically, I think today it's still officially a uh, Lutheran country because it's owned by Denmark, if I remember right. Wow. Nothing good comes out um, of Denmark. Let me read this ad, and then I want to come back with another question for you. Rowdy Christian merch uh, is the place where you can find- We well, need a Viking line. All your <laughs> Rowdy Christian merch. If you're a fan of Cross Politics right. or the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, maybe even the Pugcast mm. with Glenn Sunshine and company, then surely you know we have a merch store. Rowdy Christian Merch is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but we've also got specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases, if you're into that sort of thing. Visit Rowdy Christian Merch at rowdychristian.com and buy that next gift or a little something for yourself. I mean, we just had President's Day. Yeah, President's and, Day. And now, what's what's the next day? Uh, St. Patrick's, uh, Patrick's Day. Day. Yeah, don't That's forget right. to buy. Get all the green all stuff. Your, your green T-shirts. Do we have a lot of? We green, have green, green on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Fight, laugh, feet shirts. Okay, yeah. Rowdy Christian. 
Com. You know, St. Patrick was a slave. Yeah, yeah, he was. Went back, learned the gospel, yeah, yeah. and went back to his slave captors and yeah, yeah. preached the gospel, preached the gospel, gospel. to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and I, you know, he, he didn't cast out snakes off of island, uh, off of the island. No, no, no. That's a that's a wife's tale. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, I don't even know why I need to know yeah. that. If it's well, because it's often <laughs> often <laughs> believed that Doctor Sunshine probably knows more. I don't remember if they're on the list, but I've got several Irish. Actually, I know of at least one Irish saint that's on the list. You know, I'm Irish. You're Irish. Yeah. 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 yeah, got a little Irish in me. You can't yeah. see it. It's covered up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why are you covering it up? You know, it, it's chocolate. It it's it's yeah. not a very dominant but you can, gene I mean, it's, it's, you know. in you. I, I, don't, I don't hear it in your accent. Uh, Glenn, uh, what's, what's your hope with this book? What I would like is for people to read it and understand a couple of things. First of all, that Christianity is international. I've got Japanese, Mongol, uh, Chinese, mm. Indian, Syrian. Irish. African, (laughs) um, South American, European, North American. We've got Christians from all over the world. So I want them to understand that it's international. I want them to understand that the gospel has affected cultures from the very beginning Mm. in some very, very powerful ways. And further, that a lot of this is done by people who aren't exactly household names. You know, when when you read the gospel of Luke, when you get to the 70 that Jesus sends out after the 12th, we don't know a single one of their names. Right. The 70. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just anonymous, no-name yeah. Christians who go out on Jesus' commission and do amazing things. The only time in the Gospels that it says that Jesus rejoiced was after the 70 come back, after uh-huh. these no-name, anonymous yeah. disciples come back and tell them what, what happened yeah. as they obeyed his commission. Right. And in the same way, or, or, or look, at, look, at, look at Hebrews 11. Yeah. Mm. where you have the great heroes of the faith. In the first half, they're all the household names. Yeah. But when you get to the end, he just tells a couple of stories or comments about people who, yeah. and they're all anonymous. Right. I wanted to give voice to the anonymous, because most of us are anonymous. Most of us are people who will never be remembered, yeah. uh, except for our family for a generation or two, and then we'll be forgotten yeah. by everyone but God. Right. And as these people lived out their faith. Not, like I said, they're, they're not typical clergy. Right. They lived out their faith in whatever walk of life they were and whatever their calling was, and they brought the kingdom of God to bear in what they were doing, yeah. and they made a difference. Right. And that's the kind of thing every one of us can do. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 like, I always like to mention this. I'm gonna make, I like making the same point that you're making with the genealogies in Scripture. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's the reverse. Their names and we know nothing about them. Right. Um, but you, when you're reading a genealogy, you know, just think of yourself looking at a cemetery, you know, full of names that you don't know, but you know they were moms and dads, they were husbands, they were wives, they were sons, they were daughters, they were grandpas, they were grandmas, um, and they had callings and, and vocations. And, but God saw fit to list their names in the Bible for all time, and we, and we just try to pronounce them correctly. <laughs> Barely right. can do that. But, but you read those names, and you ought to be thinking the same kind of thing. God knew them. God loved them. Their lives mattered. They made a difference yep. right. um, uh, in, in, in their day. And, um, and God's doing the same thing through you. God's doing yeah. the same thing um, today, and he's going to do the same thing in generations to come. So you gave us kind of two spicy ones. What, and so those are great. I want to ask you about some more spicy ones. But what are the ones that probably had the most impact personally on you as you've been researching these people? There, there are two of them that come out uh, right away. Uh, one of them is actually one of our missionaries. It's William Carey. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, Bill. 
William Carey, by way of background, um, he was trained as a cobbler. He apprenticed as a cobbler, shoemaker. Yeah. And while he was apprenticed, and then after he opened up his cobbler shop, he taught himself Greek, Latin, Hebrew, Italian, French, and Dutch. Wow. He then... <laughs> we ain't done nothing with our lives. <laughs> he, wow. He, he, he then went... Um, he became a particular Baptist preacher. Yeah. Um, and he believed that God was calling him to India. So he went to the con- the convention and uh, basically said, you know, I think God's sending me to India. You know, I want I want your your blessing. And his mentor told him something to the effect of, if God wants to convert the Indians, he will do it without the aid of you or me, Mr. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Um, particular Baptists. That means wow. they're hyper-Calvinists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Carrie decided that God was calling him to India anyway. Right. So he got a group of people together and he went to India. And he he couldn't settle in, in, in an English colony in India because the British East India Company didn't allow missionaries. Uh-huh. So he ended up in Serampore, which was, I believe, Danish, um, a colony there. And when he arrived, he, well, he found a target-rich environment. There were all kinds of areas that needed work. Now, as a missionary and a guy who had a modest talent for languages, he, <laughs> he um, started working on, on learning the languages. But the problem was there were no standardized languages. You know, so, for example, in the Bengal region, they all spoke related languages, but they would shift from one village to the next so that when, by the time you got several villages down, you couldn't understand the first village anymore. Wow. Um, so what he did is he synthesized all these dialects into several um, sort of standard languages, created typefaces for them because none of them were written. Uh, wrote grammars, dictionaries, things like that. So he's like the first Wycliffe missionary. <laughs> to, you, you betcha. India. And he created the Bengali language, right? Uh-huh. You know, which is one of the major languages of India. Wow. Um, and he translated all or part of the Bible into over forty Indian languages. He's he's the first person to come up with a Sanskrit dictionary into a modern European language. He is the first person to translate classical Indian literature into, well, a modern European language, <laughs> in, in, in this case, English. But that's just the linguistic work. Right. He also um, started teaching astronomy because he wanted to break the whole of astrological fatalism on the Indian people. Yeah. He did research in botany. He taught forestry. He taught agriculture. He established the first bank in Asia. <laughs> he brought the first... Well, the first Western printing press to Asia. Wow. And, uh, and cre- like I said, created all the typefaces and things like that. Oh, and by the way, while he was doing all this work, there was a fire in his print shop, which destroyed all of his records and everything else, and he had to start again, which oh. he did. Um, wow. He, he, wow. he was also opposing sati, the practice of burning widows, yep. on their, the funeral pyres of their husbands. Good on him. Yep. On and on. And he brought the first steam engine to Asia and encouraged local blacksmiths to copy it. Wow. I mean, he saw need everywhere, and he knew as he knew that the gospel called him 
to bring the kingdom to bear in every area of life. Yeah. And so he did it. Disclaimer, his one failure was his family. He did mm. very badly as a husband and especially a father. Mm. Um, that, that's the real tragedy of, of, of Carrie. Yeah. But when you look at the range of things that he did, he is the single best example I know of, of a one-man walking cultural mandate. Yeah. Yeah. William wow. Carey's famous for that, that quote, expect great things from God, attempt great things oh, for God. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how I, I, I always remember that uh, mm. about him. But, but, I mean, he lived it out. Right. Uh, did, did his family not move? What was the, how did he? Well, first, his first wife didn't really want to go to India and ended up having a nervous breakdown and she passed away. Um, his second wife worked with him, but he seems to have completely neglected raising his own children. He didn't do any kind of mm. uh, leadership, discipling, training them, anything like that. Uh, and So uh, they fall away from the faith or what? Well, what? Sub subsequent people who, who commented on this, who saw it firsthand, basically said the kids run wild. They have absolutely no discipline. They have no, okay. no anything. Yeah. They're, mm. they're, just, they're, just, they're basically, as they would put it, a bunch of little savages. Yeah. Man. Well, so 30, that was the failure. Yeah, right, thirty-two right. Christians who changed the world from Canon world, Press. From Canon Press by Glenn. When is this out? Mid to late March. Okay. All right. We're a little early, but that's okay. You can order right now. Order pre-order. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you we're, have, we're kids, going backstage or we go baptize them until tomorrow. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. We're going backstage, Doctor Sunshine. Now. We study God's Word at music camp, and God commands us to sing as, uh, to let His Word dwell in us richly in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to worship Him musically. We're to proclaim His Word musically. And so we want to train up our, our students, our children, to be able to sing skillfully with music, to understand what they're doing. The Bible says sing with understanding. But it's all couched in studying God's Word, growing up as Christian worshipers. The default in our culture today is to be a music consumer. We are conditioned by the age we live in and the technology we have to be people who listen to music and it's an important part of our life. But we have lost something that our forefathers knew, which was being active participants in music. It used to be if you wanted music, you had to make the music. And now we, we just press a button, but uh, these students uh, are learning through the course of their time at music camp not to be music consumers but to be active participants in making music. So not only to learn how to sing well, how to understand music as it's written on a page and how it comes together in a group environment, but to be able to take those experiences and have them be the seeds that are planted for their involvement their whole life in the musical life of the church. We want these students to be the next wave of worshipers in the church who know how to sing to God.